You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. God's perfect love for us was unveiled through Jesus. Know more about this message by Pastor Ryan Gidor. This is the fourth installment of our series, uh, Past Perfect. And I know that you've been really uh, listening to uh, the past few weeks, and I know that you're blessed. And the goal of this uh, really series is that uh, for all of us to have uh, a clear understanding that the Old Testament uh, accounts uh, is in fact uh, has a, a, an affiliation or a connection with really the substance of which Christ, the perfect sacrifice, is the very theme of this uh, topic. And I know that a lot of you here, okay, uh, are fascinated indeed uh, the things that took place in the past has an association with what's taking, going to take place uh, in the future. In fact, it is a picture of uh, really how God would want to unfold His perfect plan for humanity. Thus, okay, the significance of God's sovereign plan for salvation that is revealed in the Old Testament fulfilled through Christ's life and death resulting in the gospel-centered living. And the reason why I would want to mention that because a lot of us here we at times overlook okay, uh, the very uh, uh, message of our topic every Sunday because we uh, feel like this is just another message. But I hope that our response to uh, living a godly life or a gospel-centered living, it is because of what Jesus did on the cross. At the end of the day, for some of you here that are probably are at times um, are, 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 are questioning why people in this gathering would worship God, lift up their hands and give their all, it is not because uh, we would want to really um, convey to you that uh, this is part of our routines. That is, in fact, our response of uh, really how God has shown His love for each and every one of us. And at the end of the day, okay, our response has a lot to do with our understanding of what Jesus Christ did. And I just can't help but really raise my hand at times, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm religious, because I just cannot understand and fathom why would God forgive me. Do you understand? Why would God uh, really give me a, another chance? And because of that, I just can't help but raise my hand and, 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 and be overwhelmed by the presence of God. I hope that you um, are familiar as well that uh, I just arrived this um, morning uh, because I went to Bacolod this week. I am from that city. In fact, we have uh, three churches in the city of Bacolod. To make a long story short, I have to be back and just to visit the leaders and the pastors uh, back in the Visayan area. How many of you here, you have relatives in the Visayan area? Relatives, okay? You have relatives, okay? And um, it's been uh, a great week. And I realized that uh, people uh, have been, in a way, preparing for my arrival. And uh, they went out of their way to have dinner with me. And some gave me tokens and gifts. And I, I just love gifts. How many of you here, you love gifts, okay? Uh, everybody wants one. And when you're given uh, something... Uh, most especially with, with things that you can wear, okay? It, 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 uh, it is something that, that, that brings so much uh, joy in your heart. And a lot of us here, when we have something new, uh, we just can't help once in a while. Um, but to flaunt it and brag about it, you understand? Part of our Filipino culture is that when you have a brand new rubber shoes, you don't walk, right? You, you what? You glide, do you understand? Uh, because you want to tell everybody that I have a new rubber shoes. How many of you here you have experienced that? Women. Okay, some of you here, I don't know why you, you need four or five different colors of uh, the color pink. 
And I've been asking my wife, why do you have to buy another one? No, this is not pink. This is fuchsia. Do you understand? And why would you uh, uh, buy okay, um, different uh, uh, shoes with, with uh, similar colors? And, and I just can't help but really at times observe people that when they have new apparel, they, they tend to brag about it. I don't know if, if you've seen people okay, um, that after um, really um, visiting their dentist and the dentist would advise them to wear braces, okay? They would at times flaunt uh, and, and, and brag about it, diba? Pagkausap mo yung kakakabit na ng braces, yung talagang good afternoon, okay? You just, you just can't help but in a way, okay, observe that they're proud of what they have. Am I correct? And, and once in a while, part of our psyche, we're like that, that when we talk to people, okay? Uh, we, we, we don't smile, we grin, okay? Because we want to show them that there is something new uh, that uh, is just rec- uh, recognizable. And at times, we can really witness up close in personal uh, the things that we desire, things that we hope. And human as we are, okay, we want uh, a lot of new things in life because we feel like if we have something new, we can be happy. We can enjoy uh, really... Uh, uh, interacting with, with, with what we possess. But that alone, okay, and I have nothing against having new things in life and owning one, but that is a picture that at times, okay, there is something in our hearts that we're longing for. And the bottom line of this is that man is looking for something new and there is nothing in this world that can pacify and satisfy, okay, what you're looking and searching for. And I'm telling you right now, some of you here, you want, uh, uh, a lover. You understand? You want Alden. Do you understand? Um, yeah, yeah, dove. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you want uh, really an individual or an event to pacify the longings of your heart and, and the things that you desire the most. But I'm telling you right now, while you're living in this broken world, no one can pacify and satisfy you other than God Himself. Because whether you like it or, mo- uh, or not, you are living in this broken world where you're never satisfied. And because of that, I just would want to advise all of you, we're never satisfied because there is nothing in this world that can satisfy our hearts. And thus, okay, we have to stop searching at wrong places because human as you are, nobody can satisfy you. And I'm telling you right now, the reason why I'm in church, the reason why I came to know God, not because I, I am religious, the reason why I came to church, not because uh, I want God in my life, because I've been trying my best, looking and migrating from different uh, sources, but every time I retire at night, I would always ask myself this question. Is there something uh, uh, really uh, that can pacify and satisfy my, my longings? And that is what brought me closer to God. And today, okay, we need to understand the reason why at times we are searching and looking for what can satisfy and pacify us because you can trace it back uh, in the Garden of Eden where Adam was advised by God to uh, really uh, never touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil but because he was curious and he's interested, why would God limit him? I don't know the rest of the story but if you look at the whole, this, uh, the whole the scenario, um, Adam opted to disobey God. And this is, okay, uh, where um, the purpose and destiny of humanity began to crumble. And because of that decision of Adam, okay, consequences of that decision followed. And thus, we are right now suffering in this world where a lot of us here were saying, I don't want to commit and I want to do 
uh, I don't want to sin against God, but you what? You catch yourself sinning against God. There are certain areas that you have begged yourself to never do it again, but you what? You catch yourself doing it again. I want to what? I want to be this kind of person. I want to be good. I don't want to do it again. I, but, but you end up doing uh, the things that you, you dreaded the most. Why is that so? Because you are what? You have inherited the curse that okay, was placed on Adam. So I hope that this evening, that before we go out of this room, you will come to your senses that there is nothing in this world, this may sound religious, but there is nothing in this world that can satisfy you other than Jesus. I mean, I, 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 I can't even imagine 20 years ago that I would be standing here in front and telling people there's no other answer, no other solution than Christ himself. I hope that we are clear about that because at the end of the day, there is nothing in this world, no matter how affluent you are. At the end of the day, you're unsatisfied. And thus, from the very beginning, man has been finding ways to what? To satisfy his longings. And thus, the common denominator of all of us, whether you're famous, not that famous, whether you have the money or not, you're living in this broken world. Wanting fulfillment and satisfaction. But if you don't hand your life over to God, you'll be out there searching for meaning. And that is why it is important that you do recognize that you coming in this gathering is not an accident. Because the answer to satisfaction is found in Jesus alone. Jesus is the only one that can what? That can satisfy you. Because Jesus is the new what? The new Adam. And thus some of you here are asking the question, I thought Adam was in the book of Genesis. The reason why I did remind all of you, because when Adam sinned against God, okay, the destiny of humanity began to what? Go down the drain. Man has been enslaved by sin because of the decision of the first Adam. And when the second Adam was introduced in Jesus, okay, this is an opportunity once again for all of us to have hope. It is my prayer that after we're done with this gathering, that you will have hope. That more than just being enslaved by sin, we can say it is possible for us to walk in victory because of what the second Adam did. Amen? In fact, when Adam sinned, our relationship with God changed. But when Jesus Christ stepped in and represented us in a way, when Adam sinned against God, it destroyed humanity. But with the presence of God and the willingness of God to suffer on the cross, our relationship with God changed as well for the better. Isn't it amazing? Adam was given a responsibility to be on top of the garden. I don't know if you're like me. I'd love to imagine. What if one day, okay, you've been given by, by the Lord the task or the responsibility to name everybody? I mean, like Adam. I mean, he can just walk and stroll in the garden and whatever he sees, he can name it. I mean, it's, 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 it's a nice Job responsibility. You look at an individual, name him like you're a jaguar. Do you understand? Ito, tutubi. I mean, do you understand? It's, it's amazing. I mean, I'm telling you right now, that authority is, is for me amazing. I mean, it's exciting. And, and the instruction of God, more than just being on top of the garden, more, just, more than just naming all the animals and everything that you see, God has given Adam the instruction to never touch the tree of knowledge of good and one instruction, one law. Don't cross the line. 
Adam opted to do things on his own. The moment you do things on your own, and the moment you do things independently, that's the, what the start of your downward spiral decay. And if you look at your life, before you came to church, you are living a life away from God. You want God, you, 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 you believe in the concept of a supreme being, but you want to live your life independently from Monday to Friday. Am I correct? You want God on Sundays. But God is simply saying, this relationship will only work if we do it 24-7. How many of you here, if you're married, married people in the house, you're married. Okay, a lot. Married people. Married people, again. Okay, married people, okay. Happily married. Uh-uh. You can tell your wife. You, can, you cannot tell your wife that from Monday to what? To Saturday, I'm yours. But tomorrow, I'm with someone. That's, that relationship will not work. The same thing with our relationship with God. So much about that man has been in, independent away from God. I want to tell you a story right here in Genesis chapter 5. After a man sinned against God. Verse 1 to 3. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, He made him in the likeness of... Look at the person on your left. That is the likeness of God. Just kidding. No, 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 no. That's the intention of God. When, when God created man, he, he sees Himself in man. Male and female, He created them. And He blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived... 130 years. So God wants to tell all of us from the very beginning, God's intention is to what? To tell man that you are a reflection of my image. Isn't it amazing? This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in his likeness. And in verse 3, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. There was a what? There was a change in, in the whole scenario. God wants to inform us that He created man in His image and likeness. But when man sinned against God, Seth was never a reflection of God. It was already a what? A reflection of a sinful man. Thus, after Seth, all of us are a reflection of Adam who disobeyed the Lord and have what have lived his life independently away from God. Now, I want to correct some of our mentality here. It doesn't mean that when man sinned against God, okay, God did away okay, God's image in man. There was still a reflection of God's image, but it was what? It was smeared and marred. It was totally distorted. But you can still see that man is a creation of God. As you can remember, when Adam and Eve sinned, okay, they were thrown out of God, away from the garden. And from that day on, man's identity was totally distorted and marred. And that is why, okay, if you're familiar of the story of what took place in the Old Testament, you will begin to appreciate the intervention of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you have your Bibles right now, I want you to turn it to Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 21. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just a sin, say the word sin, came into the world through Adam, one man, 
and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. Okay? Usually Paul is a type of uh, person that when he writes something, uh, he goes off the topic. So bear with this passage, okay? Do you understand? It was Paul who wrote this. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. So he was veering away, but hang on. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. Who was a? Adam was a type. Remember two, three weeks ago? In the Old Testament, the type is the Lamb of God and the high priest. We see the Lamb of God and the high priest in the? In the? In the? In the? We see the Lamb of God and the high priest in the? In the New Testament. In the New Testament. So the type of Adam in the Old Testament, now in the New is the Lord Jesus. Amazing. The type or the pattern of the one who, uh, uh, who has or who wants to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, we died spiritually because of what Adam did. Much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. So God gave the free gift of eternal life. It was for everybody. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Uh, verse uh, 17, For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. So this topic is what? It's a contrast and comparison between Adam and Jesus Christ. The first Adam and the second Adam. Verse 19, For us, by one man's dis disobedience, the many were made sinners. Dumami po yung because of the, the, what, the disobedience of um, Adam. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the... So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that we can just welcome your presence. I pray that your Holy Spirit will prompt each and every person to appreciate that your intervention, Lord God, change and alter our lives. Panginoon, maraming salamat na binago niyo po yung buhay namin. And because, Lord God, of the sin of Adam, we are cursed. We are under the curse of the law. And yet, Lord God, you did not just uh, sit back and enjoy. You what? You came down and 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 really intervened and gave us, Lord God, a second chance. Thank you for working in our lives. Thank you for giving us a second chance. Thank you, Lord God, for indeed, Lord, we are free because of what you did on the cross. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. There's a contrast between Adam and Jesus. And we can see right here that one man paved the way for sin and one man came and rescued humanity from what eternal damnation. And because of that, Jesus is the new Adam. Thus, what we lost in Adam can be recovered in what? In Jesus. 
Because Jesus, okay, is the new Adam. And because of that, I hope that we will come to a place of appreciation. That what we lost in Adam, we can find in Jesus. Jesus is God in bodily form. So when we come into relationship with Jesus, we are what? We are recreated again. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5 or 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if anyone is in if anyone is in Christ, he is a new. For some of you, you can use the word creature. Look at the person on your right. You are a new creature, okay? The old has gone and the new has come. Remember this, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why, okay, you can start all over again. I don't know if you're familiar. If you hear friends and, and relatives to, uh, that, that would uh, tell you and give you an advice that you, what, you turn your back and just keep on moving forward, uh, uh, that's not in the Bible. That's not our goal to just keep on moving forward. God wants you to understand that He wants to deliver you from your past and He wants to draw the line so that you can start all over again. God wants you not just to move forward. You understand? I don't know if you've, if you've, you've heard people tell you, uh, move forward, okay? You can't move forward because your past is what? Is, is, is trying to drag you down. And God, in Christ, you are what? You are recreated. We have been recreated by the new Adam. Adam was born in what? Adam was born in paradise. With one law to comply to. He was born in paradise with an instruction to comply to this law. But he squandered everything and end up in the what? End up in what? In a broken world. Jesus was never born in paradise. He was born in a broken world. Complied to all the laws, not just one law. And ends up in paradise. And he's not just alone. Because man was thrown out of the garden. Christ came in a broken world. Held your hand so that you can go back to the garden. Can we give God a glory for that? Jesus Christ is the glorious new Adam. He's a new Adam. Thus, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I want you to imagine right now. It's cool, and God was walking. Do you understand? Probably flaunting his rubber shoes. <laughs> God was walking in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God among the trees of the garden. Why? But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Hinanap niya po yung tao. Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Because of sin, man found out of his nakedness. I don't know if you've, if you've been in a place where somebody caught you. Okay? Naked. I've, been, I've never been there, okay? But, but the reaction might be, what? Entertaining and funny as well. I mean... I'm naked. What the first dance choreography? <laughs> when, when, when somebody catches you naked, you can't run away. And, and this was what they were telling God. We found ourselves naked because of the lie of the enemy. And this is one thing that you need to understand. If you're here right now and you're, you're enjoying your life, but there are areas in your life that you're struggling with. Do you understand? But there are also areas in your life that you are victorious of. Am I correct? 
The areas of your life that you're victorious of are the areas where you have allowed God's Word to saturate that portion of your life. That area where you're struggling is an area where you have accommodated the, the lies of the enemy. Remember, before sin gives birth, it begins with a lie. And once you nod your head and adhere to the lie, you're enslaved by that sin. So the goal is not to what? To meditate and say, Lord, can you just cast this evil spirit of lying and deception in my system? That will not happen. Do you understand? You cannot pray for these things. And the reason why this is very, very important, because I feel in my spirit, a lot of you here, you want, Lord, I want to what? Live victoriously. Amen. I don't know if you can relate with Paul. I think in uh, the book of Corinthians that he mentioned that I do the things that I don't want to do. How many of you here can relate with me? You have promised yourself, Lord, I will not do this again. But you what? You catch yourself doing it again. Paul was simply saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do the things that I hate of doing. I don't want to do. Doobie, doobie, do. I mean, you, I don't want, I, I don't want, I'm done with it. But because of the power of sin, you can help but do it again. And the reason why I did mention that, because when man found out that he was naked, okay, it started with a lie. And my prayer for all of you, if you want to live a victorious life, amen, who wants to live a victorious life? Some, you don't want, okay? I'm a loser, you understand? Loser. Lord, forgive them, okay? Nobody wants to lose. How many of you here, you want to always win? If you love basketball, nobody would go out of his way and say, I, I celebrate losing. Dinners, and nobody will do that. You, you want to win, you want to live a victorious life. And the reason why I mentioned that, it is impossible for you to live a victorious life apart from God's word. You cannot uproot the what? The lies and the deception in your mind because at the end of the day, it is only, only through God's word that the things that the enemy has placed in our thoughts can be displaced. There is nothing. No equipment, no gadget can displace these things that has enslaved us for years. It is only through the Word of God. It's like a room in what? In pitch black darkness. You can't, you can't, you can't tell that darkness to move away, but you can introduce a flickering light that can, what? That can displace darkness and eventually be saturated by light. In the same manner, if you're not reading your Bible, it is most likely that you will eventually adhere to the voices in your heads. And that is very, very dangerous. And thus, when man was uh, discovered that, that he was naked and he was afraid because I was naked, it was a what? A picture of shame. And that is what the enemy wants us to what? Be enslaved of. And this is a picture of Adam who opted to cover himself because he felt so much shame and hid from God and in the same manner, Jesus Christ in Matthew 27, verse 27 to 28, then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him out and put a scarlet robe on him. They removed his clothing. Adam's clothing was removed because of shame, and he covered himself with shame. And I'm telling you right now, the reason why some of you took some time to go to church because of that shame. I want to fix myself first before I go to that church. You understand? 
This is a gathering of imperfect people. Do you understand? If you're perfect in this room, find another venue. Find another church. Do you understand? Because at the end of the day, when man saw his nakedness, he covered himself because of shame. Jesus Christ, when he was stripped, he uncovered himself so that he can cover you. That is very, very important. Jesus uncovered himself so that he can cover you. And that is a picture that though man, because of his disobedience, was full of shame and there's no other way but to hide from God. But the second Adam came, not to embarrass himself, but he wants to strip himself so that you have the reason that today you are no longer are living in nakedness. You are free from the shame of the past. Amen. You are no longer condemned, for there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So I do pray that you'll be liberated from the clutches of the past, because in Christ, you're covered, forgiven, and loved. It is my prayer that you can move forward after we're done, because in Christ, we have been restored, and in Christ, we can start all over again. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore your life, confirm your life, strengthen your life, and establish you. I do pray that you will not live life independently, but you will live life in Christ. It is because of Christ's nakedness, that you can walk in confidence. If you're familiar with the crosses and crucifix in schools and hospitals, where Jesus has been rendered by an Italian artist in swaddling clothes in pampers, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to, to, to ridicule Christ, but that is an Italian rendition, and that clothing that was placed on top of him is for decency purposes. But if you look at really the real score of what happened across, Christ was naked. Naked. And he was not crucified somewhere. He was crucified in his own community. Now think of your, your village. Okay? You have a village, you have a subdivision or a barangay. Uh, have you, haven't it crossed your mind? What if someday I'll just go out naked and, 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 and flaunt about it? <laughs> it sounds funny. But that was an embarrassing feeling. The reason why he can handle the embarrassment so that you have and you can live life away from embarrassment and walk life in confidence. Church, you're free from the past. You are no longer a product of your past. You can walk shameless, guiltless, and forgiven. Can we give you the glory for that? You're restored. It is my prayer. Confirmed by God, strengthened by God, and established in Him. And I want us right now to just pause for a while. I want to call the music team to join me here in front. And I want the ushers to prepare the communion elements because of the restoration that Christ is doing in our lives and the recreation. You know, I want us to take this moment right now to use this moment where we can learn and appreciate what Jesus did for us. Church, tonight, 
we will remember what the new Adam did. So for some of you here, you're asking yourself this question, did God really forgive me? Pastor, I do still walk in sin. That's not my concern tonight. Pastor, is it really true that God wants to restore my life? You don't have any idea. Some of you here, you think God cannot do it. Some of you here, you think you don't deserve a second chance. Some of you here, you think that, God, I have accepted my condition. Some of you here, you have a sickness and you have agreed to the devil. I'll never get past this condition. Christ wants to remind all of us, I'm recreating your life. I am starting something new. And I'm restoring your life. This is not just, this is not just a what? A, a renovation. This is a total makeover. And because of that, I want to thank the Lord. How many of you here, you're thankful that God has brought you this far? Shut up, no? And this is what we're going to do. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, and he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Why does he have to break it? The bread is a representation of the body of Christ. He needs to break it because of what Adam did. You're living broken, hopeless, with no destiny at all. God says, I am taking on your condition. So let me use this bread as an illustration. Let me break the bread so that you can be made whole again. Christ was broken so that He can start His restoration process. So I want to ask the ushers to join me here. And we will pass all the communion elements. But before we, we, we take and partake of the Holy Communion, I want us to search our hearts. Okay? So we will lead you in a time of worship. Search your heart. If you're ready for this, if you know God, you've forgiven me, I can do this. God is more concerned not of the tradition, but the motive. The motive of your heart. More than just the action, the motive of your heart. So as we worship God, I want you to start assessing yourself. I want you to begin thanking God for who He is and what He has done in your life. Amen? Heavenly Father, thank You for this wonderful moment. Lord, as we remember and are reminded of what took place in the past and what You did for us, let this moment, Lord God, not just a traditional Lord, routine that we are familiar of every month. But let this communion be a commemoration of how good, loving, and faithful you are. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.